The Implementation Science for Educators podcast is excited to kick off 2023 with a special treat for you. The Effective Implementation Cohort is another project at NERN, and it's designed to help school districts implement an instructional system that supports using a high quality middle school math curriculum. We recently held a virtual session that brought together a number of districts from across the country, as well as some technical assistance providers that we are working with on the project at NERN. During the conversation around implementation team and the use of data, we had the opportunity to speak to one district in particular, Guilford County Schools located in North Carolina. Additionally, their service provider, Unbound Ed, was also present during the conversation. During this podcast, you're going to hear how they utilize the district capacity assessment to really be meaningful to their work and make improvements for implementation. Karen Ward, director of NERN, is kicking off the conversation, and you're going to hear from Jimmy Leak, research analyst at Guilford County Schools. Emily Hare, Director of Math, Pre-K-12, and Jamar McDaniel, who is the Senior Director of Curriculum Services at Unbound Ed and Pivot Learning. One thing to keep in mind as you listen to the episode is that this was recorded during a virtual support session. There were a significant number of participants in the learning space that asked follow-up questions throughout the podcast. Additionally, you're going to want to listen all the way to the end to learn more about the Effective Implementation Cohort. As always, we will provide that information in the description of this week's episode. From the CISEP team with the National Implementation Research Network, this is Implementation Science for Educators, your weekly implementation science tip to support your work at the state, regional, district, and building levels. Um, we know that Jamar will be here in just a minute or two, in a couple minutes. Jimmy, I'm wondering if I could call on you just for a couple minutes to give some additional Guilford context, like the size of Guilford, your curriculum, what year of implementation you're in, um, and some of your key goals for this year. Um, would that be okay if I asked the Guilford team to share a little bit of that local context while we while we wait for Jamar? Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. Thanks. Um, and Emily Hare, who's our director of math, um, is also on, and she can say a lot more than I can. But um, yeah, just to give you a little context on Guilford County Schools in general, we have, um, well, we're working with 24 middle schools. Uh, we, we have 126 schools overall. Um, and uh, we've been working, we had 12 schools start the process last year. And then the second cohort of 12 schools joined uh, this year. So now we're working with all 24 schools this year um, and their their leadership teams, uh, principals, obsessive principals, and curriculum facilitators at most of those schools. Um, and I'll throw it over to Emily to talk about sort of what we've been doing and our goals. Thanks, Jimmy. Uh, I'll just add on to that we're in a little bit of a different spot because we've been implementing open up, uh, we use open up resources math slash illustrative math. Um, in our middle schools, and we've been using it for probably six years. It predates um, my entrance to Guilford County, um, but we needed a reset right after all of the last crazy of the last couple of years. 
And so we've, all of our schools are familiar with it, but we've been really working hard to make sure that we're implementing with integrity and keeping with the intention of the curriculum after the last several years. So we've been excited to think about the difference in our integrity, we call them integrity walks um, versus the instructional coaching that we also offer um, and just working together to communicate around the intention of the curriculum with school leadership um, and with other departments at the district level. So to make sure that all of our departments, including our EC departments, um, our EL departments, all of the folks and stakeholders are clear behind the intentions of the curriculum. I'm not sure what other context might be helpful, um, but those are some things that are on my mind. Thanks, Emily. And you guys went through an executive sponsor change, right? Because your lead executive sponsor is now the superintendent. Is that right? Oh, yeah. We've been through all kinds of changes in leadership. Um, so, yes, the director of math has recently changed, um, as has the executive sponsor, I think, a couple of times at this point. Um, but thankfully, we have a it was making me think earlier when you had that sign up of, or the um, different parts of the DCA with the the teaming structures and um, the collegial relationships that we have with each other. And thank, thankfully we have had that on the team. So there has always so far been someone to step in when others have taken other roles um, that's super connected to the work and can continue moving forward. So that's been helpful. Fantastic. Thanks, Emily. Uh -huh. And Jamar is here. I'm getting messages from multiple people. Is that right? Yes, I am here. Awesome. Jamar, welcome. Jimmy and Emily were doing a fantastic introduction of you and providing some Guilford contact. So we appreciate you. We know you're an important meeting. We appreciate you stepping out to share, um, to share your story a little bit with Guilford. So thank you, Jamar. We'll turn it over to you. All right, perfect. So I got about, it gave me about 20 minutes to bore you all. I promise I probably won't use the whole thing, but I'll make sure I definitely bore you all. Um, I'm just kidding. But I'm excited to be here. I'm excited about the work. Um, we've been doing some really great work um, between our partnership in Guilford County and Monterey um, Peninsula School District. And um, within our work, um, we've been really focusing heavy on how are we moving our students in mathematics in middle school. And it's not always comfortable. It's an uncomfortable feat that we take. It's a lot of things that we uncover internally. And it's a lot of places to where we're growing, but we're growing authentically. And so um, throughout our work, um, throughout this grant, um, I know in Guilford County, we're currently servicing 24 schools. Last year, we had 12. Um, and we added an additional 12 this year, as well as in Monterey, we were servicing about six of their middle schools. And so as we begin to think about our partnership and the district capacity assessment, it was a place of where um, it was a reflective state. I think the district was able to go through their DCA items and really reflect on where are we in those items? Where are we in our communication? How are we providing professional learning as follow-up? What is our communication plan? Like all of the nitty gritty. And I think that um, for the district teams, it was a little uncomfortable in terms of having these conversations, especially when you think about getting a full district implementation team together, you have multiple people in the building. Some people are a little comfortable speaking, some people aren't, but I think through our partnership, we work to build vulnerability amongst the team so that sharing could be as authentic as possible. And so um, the team really dug deep into answering authentically and identifying those places that they are needed to be work. Um, I think the results were received well because 
the process was not just to go and take a survey type of process. It was definitely a process to where they were able to discuss the items, norms. Some people had a perception, others didn't have a perception. Some were in the middle and they were able to really call out the things that were not necessarily as effective, but also really highlight those things that were effective. And so as we thought about the actions um, from the initial DCA process, we took it in a place of, I know for me as a provider, we began to look at how does that align to the implementation plan? How is this aligning to our services and our model? And it's certain places where we saw a weakness. Ideally, if we saw a weakness in communication plan, how are we building that communication plan up to not only work for our grant, but also be replicated? And so our heavy lift, you know, for us is really the capacity building aspect. Everything that we do is about building the capacity of our leaders, because as I tell my people, my job is to work myself out of a job and not saying that it'll always happen, but that thought partnership is I want it to turn a thought partnership. I want to continue to enhance the craft versus us being compliance of processes and the establishment of the implementation. And so for our teams, um, the actions that came from that process was things were elevated. There were several things that were elevated district-wide. There were things that were brought to the attention that, you know what, we don't have this, we have to do it well. And so as much as we could within the grant, we wanted to make sure our systems helped build this you know, foundation so the district can then take them on. Luckily, I work with some great people in Guilford and Monterey, and as they are working, these are some workers, and outside of myself, you know, they took their results and on their own really dug deep in thinking about the systems within their various um, districts. Um, and so, like, moving forward, I think with those DCA results, we also kind of looked at the implementation team survey summaries and those things, and I think the powerful piece was not necessarily just taking the DCA, but it was really coming back and reflecting. And so at the end of the year, once we were done with all of the services, um, I conducted a district step back. Um, and within that district step back, um, and thanks to NERM, because I think in my request, I know they get tired of me because I do a lot of requesting, but um, that document that was provided, that provided kind of the DCA items attached to kind of the implementation plan items, that was very helpful because throughout that step back meeting, we were able to literally go through portions of the implementation plan that needed updating and have those conversations alongside the DCA. And we were glad that Yolanda could join us for that because what it did was it allowed us to not only update our implementation plan in that moment, it also allowed for us to talk about those accomplishments of things that either, you know, were satisfied with that between, because I think we took it in February, so within those three months. But then we also were able to really talk about what do we need to do for next year? And so for us, um, it helped us really think about our priorities. It helped us really go back and think about what are the things that we may be doing right? What are things that we can solidify in the district, not only a part of our implementation process, but also internal to the district? Because the goal is if we build great implementation for math, the district should be able to take the same model and implement anything. And so we try to kind of put that mindset within our district partnerships, as well as our school partnerships. And so when we think about the district capacity assessment, excited to take it again, because for us this year, being it was our first time taking it, we didn't know much about it. It's really about taking those results and thinking about from the point of our DCA on December until the end of the year, once services are done, what action steps did the district commit to? I think a lot of times, and that was my learning, is a provider and thinking about kind of 
guiding people within that work, you know, the district engaged in it. It was their work. So you leave it to, you know, others to do. And they do a great job. But I think as a provider for us, how are we really helping action steps be built from that? So this time around doing that district step back meeting is not only benefiting us to reflect on our implementation plan, but also to really have tangible action steps and work towards that. How, like, what, at what point did the DCA for your team become, oh, this is actually serving a purpose? Like, what, what can you describe, yep. like, how that shift or when that shift happened? Yeah, so I think, that, so it was a couple of things. I think the DCA caught people off guard. So let's be real about the situation. DCA came, you know, was required for us to do. And so as we kind of took the DCA, it was one of those things of like, oh my God, we got to do an assessment. So we really didn't think about once this assessment was done, how we we're going to use it. But after the assessment was done, conversations like, actually, this was really good. We actually had great conversations. And so the apprehension prior, not really knowing what it entailed, how it was going to support, I think it was a journey. I don't think, you know, in all vulnerability, nothing was perfect. I think for me, it was about how do we learn? How do we learn aside, uh, learn partners? How do we take these results and think about how are we aligning it to our work and our implementation plans and just all of the support from there? And so it was taken in a sense of like, why are we doing this at first? But I do think that, you know, as much as we could throughout that three month process before the end of the year, make it you know as um, beneficial. But I do think that the power really came when we were able to reflect. And so I think in reflection and hindsight is gonna be much better now. And so I think adding the layer of what are your action steps from this? And I mean, I know a lot of times the items on the DCA may not align to the services that you all necessarily provide, but it's really about us looking, aligning and figuring out how are we gonna build a platform for us it, for if minimum the foundation. And so I do you know, appreciate the DCA being offered a little earlier because now that allows for us to really think about from those results, what are we gonna commit to as a district? And as we commit to those as a district, how we are attaching those things in our grant reports and as well as like really thinking about our implementation plan and really utilizing that to think about your goals and how those may kind of help chip away at some of those um, sub goals. Jamar, one of the things that I have noticed as you've been working with Pivot and uh, as you work as Pivot works with Guilford is how you use those DCA results, not just that one time, but you bring them up um, at numerous times. Can you tell us a little bit about how that works for the team? Yeah, so I think, you know, definitely, you know, everything's a work in progress. So please know that, you know, we are working through this. This is a building grant. Everything that we're doing, we're working hard through it. So uh, no, no way in anything that we're doing is perfect, but it's purposeful and thoughtful. And so I think currently, you know, with the team is more so of implicit versus explicit in terms of how we work with it, because I think for us, bringing up those DCA items constantly outside of the DCA, you know, is like, you know, multiple documents. But if we truly built our implementation plan off of those questions, we're constantly revising those. When we talk about PL, it's the same kind of questions. When we begin to think about our communication, our goal tracking. And so as we're having those conversations, it's embedded, but it's not necessarily, oh, you're popping this DCI, DCA item now. But once we take the DCA, that will now allow us again to then begin a nice, you know, rescope, let's rethink. And so um, between now, between the end of the year and now, no, we haven't really identified, let's look at the DCA, but what we did do is think about all of the portions of our implementation plan, how are we ensuring that 
that's functioning because at the end of the day, the DCA is just a tool. It's about how are you thinking about your services and how are your services become in service of, you know, what you say you need to do in the DCA. That answer your question, Yolanda? That's uh, Jabbar, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to add a little bit to what Jamar is saying, um, and Emily might have some too. Um, we just did our second DCA, Yolanda was there, and uh, Stephen, and I can't remember the other person, uh, <laughs> but, or uh, Stephanie, yeah, um, we're, we're all there. Um, and I think we did learn a lot in terms of seeing our growth. It was just last Friday. Um, we, uh, we talked about a, a couple of the things, and, I, and we still have some of the same challenges. I think one of the things that as a part of the DCA, you all probably remember is having written processes out. We struggle with that. Um, we are still working on, on building those written, um, you know, processes for how implementation, effective implementation, um, things build out, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think one of the areas I, I'm going to to the data horn that we've worked on and we saw growth in is the uh, data processes. And it's been a really collaborative effort with Pivot and with our data um, analytics team and the math department and everybody. We're really trying to capture that um, walkthrough data a lot better than we did before. Uh, but last year we weren't, it was just sort of all over the place. Jamar and his team did the best they could, but we've now integrated that um, a lot better. And we're, we've worked towards building out our own app where we can, um, we can track that data and schools can have access to that data anytime they want and, um, you know, look at their teachers and their, their growth and that kind of stuff. Um, so that's been a really good, um, you know, accomplishment that we had, but I'll throw it to Emily for, for more. Yeah, I don't know if, if explicit examples are helpful, but I know last year um, I was just thinking about how we even kind of went into the DCA knowing that we wanted to make a couple of things happen and understanding that we wanted everyone on the team to really think about um, specifically the capacity of me, if I'm just gonna throw that out there, um, because it was a lot of work of the decision that I had at the time. And we wanted the opportunity for other folks on the team to really understand the load. And so I think the biggest thing that came out of last year, at least that affected me, was that in those first couple of, um, components, we really, like everyone really realized, wow, like this is a lot for one person to handle all of this communication. So we actually wound up hiring a part-time person to come in to help support that work based off of, literally based off of that conversation at the DCA. Um, and this year, we just finished on Friday and we've been talking about, we offer a lot of different instructional coaching opportunities in our district with lots of different roles. But nowhere is there this plan for what instructional coaching looks like versus what district support looks like when we do integrity walks versus what is even our goal for instructional coaching. So even that whole indicator that talks about the coaching plan and what all should be in that was super helpful for us to think about. This is the conversations we're having at even outside of this grant right now. And now we're going to be able to take this indicator with these specific bullets to help us think through, okay, do we have this part? Not really, let's work on that. We have this part, we're doing great at that. Um, so just seeing how those have overlaps with other um, departments and other initiatives have been super helpful too. And last thing, we're about to adopt a couple of other curriculums even outside of math. And there's already talks of 
wow, this district capacity assessment was really helpful for us to think about what we should be planning. So let's use some of those as almost like a rubric to think about what we should have in place before we um, do this adoption work in other areas. And that's the last thing that I'll say. I just thought explicit examples might be a little helpful there. <clears throat> Emily, could you clarify an integrity walk versus an instructional walkthrough for me? Yeah, so I think we're still working on that and I've been having a lot of conversations, but um, so we have lots of outside partners in our district that we work with um, because we have a small district team and lots of schools and students. And so my team has actually, as a math department, been talking a lot about this recently because they have support from one technical assistance partner that's an instructional coach. And those folks are involved with the work that we're doing with curriculum implementation. Um, but we've been thinking lately more about, so these integrity walks are like three checkpoints throughout the year where we're saying, are we really aligning with the intent of the curriculum? But then, and the instructional coaches are involved in that, no matter what capacity of instructional coach we're talking about at the school site. But then in between those walks, they clarify their next steps. And then they have that support at the teacher level and school leadership level to say, this is where we're at with our curriculum adoption at this school. These are our explicit next steps that we've thought through for the next couple of months before our next checkpoint. So now let's kind of turn on our instructional coaching lens and think about how we're gonna support teachers at the teacher level um, and even some school-based instructional leadership folks at their level to support those next steps that we're defining clearly um, in the integrity walks. And it's helped me as a department think about What's the difference in my, well, not my role now, but the coordinator position that we have for the different grade bands, what's the difference between a district coordinator for middle school math or high school math and the instructional coach that we have hired um, for, what's the difference between that role? If we're just partnering with instructional coaches, it's the same role or we're doing the same thing, but we can sort of almost take more of a, let, how's core working How's adoption going? And then there's a support to help the next step work too, is kind of how I've been thinking about it lately. And I do want to know, um, Emily, um, working in this role, she's kind of switched to a, a different role. And so I want to give her kudos because as she worked in a more kind of hands-on, I mean, it's all hands-on, but like she's actually was able to take the reins of the department and really keep the work going. And so I do want to commend Emily because I know sometimes with change in departments and districts, and I know it happens across the country, that's our work. But it's when we keep those systems in place and we all are having everyone there in a mission-driven aspect, one person will, you know, you know, moving will not necessarily stop the show, but we can kind of keep the work going. And so I do want to give kudos to Emily and team because nothing has stopped. All I've seen it do is go like this a little faster. And so great work, Emily, Jimmy, and the GCS team, because you all are rocking no matter what may come your way. You guys are fantastic. I, I, I have a general, I mean, this is just, this has been awesome. When uh, I'm just gonna go back to the DCA for a minute and, and something I've seen over the years and just seeing if you guys experience the same thing, like when you do the first one, it's sort of like, uh, you know, not quite sure what it is, but the, you know, sometimes it's either inflated or under, you know, like, like it's scored really hard. And then the second time it's different because people have a better sense of what it is. Did, did, did you notice some kind of, did that pattern or did something like that happen for you all? 
we had transitions and my role changed in the middle from DCA1 to DCA2. <laughs> yeah. So if I'm being honest, I think I was paying more attention in DCA2 than I was in DCA1 um, because I was thinking about how I could have, in DCA1, I was only thinking like open up middle school implementation of this grant. Um, and because of my role change in DCA2, I started thinking about, oh, how does this affect other areas that I work with? Um, so that's kind of a side note, but it, it did make my thinking change around that. But yeah, I, I think we even see that at the level of our integrity walks. We mm -hmm. have certain indicators that we have at the school level, um, and you can draw comparisons to that. And sometimes we find like we've made improvements and from integrity walk one to integrity to walk two, our data goes down and we're like, what happened here? Because we can tell there's improvement. And I think you're seeing the what's happening is alignment of people's understanding of what those indicators are. And we often see that from one to two. And I think you're right. The same thing happens with the DCA. Um, but if we continue these processes moving forward, um, I'm not sure that we'll continue hopefully having quite as bit of that much issue. Um, now Everybody get the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think this is for Jimmy or Emily. I think through DCA and the whole buy-in associated with that. And it is an onerous task. And one that there doesn't sometimes seem to have the room to have in our busy schedules. Are there key things that that you found were imperative to buy in by others to to do this? Emily provided food for us. So. Um, that was important. <laughs> Do you mean for the DCA specifically? Yes. Oh, yeah. Lunch. Lunch. Schedule it from like 1230 to 330 and provide lunch. Absolutely. That's all that you need. <laughs> I say that kind of jokingly. Also, I think. Well, that's concrete and replicable. So, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Getting on people's schedules really early. Like Emily was good about that, too. Like we were thinking about this at least a month in advance, I think, um, because you, you know, if you can't, if you try to do it the week before, no one's going to be able to make, you know, a, a shared time. So. Yeah. And we actually identified like who are the non-negotiable folks that have to be in the room for this conversation. And we identified that. And I just reached out to each of those and said, look, this is really important. If you remember from last year, we had a lot of things that happened from this conversation and your perspective is really helpful. I just want to make sure that I'm scheduling something that's going to work for your schedule and I really need you to be there. And honestly, I, for our team, that's all it took for them to know this is important and my perspective is needed. And I think it was easier for round two than it was for round one because they had that, most of them, I, all of them had that experience from last year and they're like, oh yeah, we did talk about a lot of important stuff last year. I don't want to miss that. So I think food is number one. Number two is just communicating the importance of it. And then I do want to add, like between last year and this year, the team really did a lot of work in thinking about who belongs on this implementation team, really thinking about the capacity of the district and the who. And so I do know, you know, last year we had a core group of people, but we really took time at the end of last year to really think about intentionally who is going to be on this team and who is going to intentionally be able to be active on this team. And so I think also giving you all credit in that aspect and really rethinking the team, actually having people that are invested totally in the work also I think helps.
So a huge thank you and shout out to Jimmy Leak, Emily Hare, and Jamar McDaniel for sharing your story on how you're utilizing the DCA data to really impact your implementation of a high quality middle school math curriculum. To learn more about the work of the Effective Implementation Cohort, you can head on over to eic.fpg.unc.edu. There, you will find additional publication and resources, as well as learn more about the projects itself. Now, if you're looking for some contact information, as always, check out the description of this week's episode. There you will find information on Unbound Ed, as well as NERN and the EIC.